Testing do. <laughs> do do is do, do. working. Do 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 it's test It's working because we unplugged it, replugged it, and I remember to unmute it. I don't like it. Hello. Uh, hello. Welcome. Hysterical history. Comedy history podcast. Mostly comedy. Sometimes history. But about history. Well, a history topic. It's there if you look. Look real close. <laughs> use your glasses. <laughs> use use your eye. You can do it. It's a very visual episode. <laughs> what we talk about? We're going to talk about color. <gasps> Color. Color. Specifically, puce. Did I say I'm Alexis and you say you're Haley? And I'm I'm Haley. I'm Alexis. Puce. Puce, 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 puce. It's so bad. <laughs> I already apologized to everyone. <laughs> the word puce sounds like it's like moist. It's a, like in uh, in English language communities it is universally despised. It's disgusting sounding. It's like it, it's like I don't know, you know, what that category is of like the words that just sound bad mm-hmm. when people say them it like something bad happens to your ears even yeah. though they're normal words. Yeah. But there's something puce. <laughs> yeah. What color is puce? I think of green. I think I think of chartreuse. Oh, wow. Okay. Is chartreuse green? Yes. It's like yellow green, right? It's Yeah, it's like new new plant shoot green. That's the color I think of. Yeah. I don't think that's right, it, but... It's a weird misconception. <laughs> that's what I think. Uh, that I'm, I'm not quite sure where it comes from. Yeah. It's definitely an English language weird thing. Sure. That I think comes from like... Pea soup green and puke green kind mm-hmm. of coalescing in the brain. Puke. Puce. <laughs> that something that sounds like puce. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like uh, peas and puke. Probably Done. looks like puke. <laughs> it does. It just feels correct. <laughs> it just, it feels nasty. Mm-hmm. But that, that's wrong. Mm. Um and if anyone says puce green, you just shake your finger at them. You say, no, no. You waggle your finger. That's chartreuse. No, no. It rhyme, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Oh, before I go any farther, some people I'd like to thank for credit. <laughs> like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank <laughs> uh, Katie Keller from The All and uh, the Paris Review. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Wright uh-huh. uh, racked... Uh, Color the Natural History of the Palette by Victoria Finlay. Oh. And The Secret Lives of Color by Cassia St. Clair. Nice. As well as... There's a lot of ladies. Uh, a lot of ladies. A lot of lovely ladies. You know, it's because we see the colors better. <laughs> there is there is that thing where... Um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard this in... Like, any time that it's relevant. I've heard yeah. this in psychology classes. I've heard this mm-hmm. in, like... Uh, language classes that um, dudes just don't have it. Well, and, like, I always thought that was just, like, a cultural thing or something. But then I learned that, like, men are statistically, like, way more likely to be colorblind. Mm -hmm. Like, cis men in general. Yeah. Uh, Which is, like, how strange. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) It's very weird. It's very weird. Because there's a thing of, like... They did the statistics. Sorry, this is so random, and I already am tangenting. They no, did no, st- somebody did it. statistics for football mm-hmm. because most of the people who watch football identify as cis men, right? Sure. And so, 
they did the stats on, like, American men that are probably colorblind, and then also the number of, like, American men that watch football, mm. and then combined those together to be, like, the likelihood that the man watching football is colorblind. Yeah. And it was, like... 40% or something <laughs> a lot. of men who watch yeah. football are probably colorblind. Wow. So then when they play teams that are, like, very similar colors. Wow, interesting. That they, like, probably – and, like, I watch football and I'm not colorblind. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know who's who right now. They're because exactly the same. Why are their colors the same? Yeah. Um. You know, when it's like, we're the red and blue team, but we're also the red and blue team. It's like, this is, you know, like, Texans and Patriots. It's like, I don't know. You're the um, same. It's why the same. is it the same? <laughs> And so they, like, yeah, they have, like, no idea what's going on. <laughs> they just have to know. And they I'm, like, have to know. so there's, like, petitions where people are, like, can you put, like, patterns or something on it? Anything or, like, Anything. make them different enough. Like, hire a colorblind person. Right. <laughs> Which it. I would say statistically they have to have given how many men <laughs> right. are in, like, the NFL. Yeah. Anyway, the point is. The point science. is. Science. Science. And, and it's, football. It's, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I want to thank the Rare Materials Digital Services, specifically the Douglas Gordon Collection at the University of Virginia. Great. Uh, we can give you links if you want to just go check out those primary sources. Sure. You know, if you're like want to brush up on your early modern French and you're like, <laughs> I want to read French, but in the Renaissance. It, when it's harder. When it's even harder. Even harder. I want a challenge. <laughs> Regular French isn't challenging uh, enough. So I'm, I'm definitely going to do a few episodes on color. Sure. Uh, but color is hard to talk about. Because you can't see it. Because, I mean, it's like... When, you, it's, when it's just words. It's like describing anything that's so, like, internal, anything to do with your senses. Yeah. Like, how do you describe a flavor? Yeah, right. Or, like, how something feels. I've actually heard a thing, too, from a blind YouTuber that I watch, Molly Burke, mm-hmm. that I think... I'm pretty sure I watched a video of hers where she said she went blind when she was, like, nine. So, like, she had seen things, yeah. you know, previously. Uh, she had led degenerative eye disease, I think. But, like, she says she... Can't remember what colors look like. Yeah. Which I find strange because, like, if I am to think of the color purple, that is not difficult. I just am like, oh, that's what purple looks like. Yeah. But there's something about that that's, like, because I see it all the time. Right. So that, like, I wouldn't – you don't remember except for you see it. It's so – Memory is very visual, too. Yeah, it's very visual. So it's like – It's (laughs) – And there are a million different things that get in the way of, like, what I see versus what you see. Right. Uh, like, our brains might interpret light differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have genetic conditions, like colorblindness. I would love to see that between the two of us because our prescriptions are so similar. Yeah. Like, we, we can essentially wear each other's glasses. Mm-hmm. So then, like, we would know that that's, like, not really the that's, thing. That's not a factor. We're like a twin study <laughs> with our eyeballs. <laughs> and then they're like, are you sisters? No. No. We're not. Everyone thinks that, but no. Not. Uh, you might see a color on a computer screen, but that's not accurate to, right. like, the paint you might buy. And then it looks different when you put it on the wall. There was that whole dress thing where the, it was like, is it blue and black or white and gold? Right. Colors are weird. 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 Um, what color did you see on the dress? Um, I don't remember now. I want to say I saw it as bl- blue and black uh, initially. But then I right. saw somebody, like, scroll fast, <laughs> yeah. and then it looked white and gold. And mm-hmm. I think it ended up being blue and black, but I can't remember. I saw white <laughs> and gold and only saw white and gold. Really? Yeah. Oh. I definitely uh, saw it both ways, <laughs> Yeah, and which then confused me even more. 
I <laughs> I remember when that that hit. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I know where I was. I was with uh, Stephen and Todd, and I was like, "So there's this dress that no one knows what color it is." <laughs> it's so weird. And both of them were like, "That's stupid." And then I showed them the picture, and one of them was like, "Oh, it's it's white, it's white and blue, or blue white and black." Gold, yeah. Uh, and the other one was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, dude. What? It was crazy. No, it's black and blue. What a time to be alive. <laughs> that was so <laughs> dumb. Uh, and there are, um, like, if a pigment or a color is really saturated, mm-hmm. you just can't see it on the screen accurately. Right. Like, really intense Prussian blue, uh, you just have to see it in person because yeah. the light from the screen gets in the way. I'm learning so much about, like, optics and color That's and stuff. good because we're moving and we're going to be painting. So I need you to know this <laughs> for when we pick colors. Uh, and then additionally, historically, uh, stable dyes and paints are a fairly new invention. Mm-hmm. So old paintings, old like textiles, the color on them may deteriorate or deteriorate yeah. over time. <laughs> right. So the color we're seeing when we look at a painting isn't necessarily what they painted or yeah. what they intended. There's like recreations of um, old paintings where they're like, this is probably more what it looked like that are more like vibrant and right. things. Because a lot of old paintings look very yellow, mm-hmm. right? Because either the canvas has yellowed or the paint has yellowed. Or like the whatever they put varnish. over it, the varnish yeah. is aged. Right. You know. I'm the kind of loser who watches paint painter like restoration people <laughs> yeah. like just chip off huge layers of varnish. It's very satisfying. Yeah. But one thing I was thinking about, we would just watch Stranger Things recently mm-hmm. and how uh, vibrant that show is. Yeah. It's very colorful. It's very colorful because, like, real life is colorful and the 80s are very colorful. But when you, I don't know, a lot of media, when it depicts the 80s, is very kind of grayed out and grainy. Yeah, it, to make it look old. <clears throat> to make it look older. Mm-hmm. It's that thing where, um, uh, like, if you you watch movies about, uh, like, ancient Rome or ancient Greece, every all the statues are still white. Yeah. It's like, no, they they painted them. No, that's <laughs> there. A lot of times they used to be like colorful. Yeah. Yeah. There was color. The paint went away. Or you watch like an old Western, everything's yellow colored because, you know, sepia tone. <laughs> every, everything has to be like yellow toned, like the that's photographs. That's how you know. That's how you it's know the what, time. what time it is. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, but then just the conceptual like language thing with colors can change. Right. Which we're going to get into with puce. Like, what actually is puce? Well, and there's a thing with, um, with like you're talking about with Stranger Things, where it's like vibrant, and a lot of the '80s shows are like more darker, or like '80s things are darker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming, you know, obviously it's intentional, but I'm assuming part of that's to be like, look, like you feel more connected to them and present, mm-hmm. because like I know in Veronica Mars they do. All of the flashbacks in Veronica Mars are warm toned, mm. and the show is cool toned, which is like the reverse of what people normally do. Yeah, because they wanted it to feel like this was the happy time in the past, and then right. now it's like cold and stark and like serious and intense. Um, so even just like the undertone, things. yeah, makes it's such a difference. Uh, the point of view of children who are having you know their childhood. So everything's bright, right? And really intense, yeah, uh, and present and present. Warm feels present. It's interesting. Uh, but just um, because language is basically verbal symbols mm-hmm. describing something that is also a symbol, there's uh, it gets hazy. Yeah. Like when we say 
avocado green. Mm-hmm. We both kind of know what that is. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a light, muted green. Mm-hmm. Um, but like 200 years in the future, people might have no idea what that is. They're like, right. which part of the avocado? Yeah, because there's the outside green and the inside green. And there's like the pit is like a different color that's kind of green. It's a different color. Like, what are you talking about? It's like can be green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what even are you talking about? Millennial pink means nothing to me. They are uh, subjective cultural creations colors, mm-hmm. um, and the language you use to describe them is tricky and also subjective. Uh, and well, you know, we won't get into that. Jenna L. emailed us asking for a history of blue. Okay. Uh, which, you know, I want to get to at some point. We will. Blue is huge. Blue is huge. Blue is huge. I know some blue. You're, you're history. Gonna, you're going to hear me go Beach. into the history of this one shade, and you're going to be like, blue is going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> Blue's going to be... Blue's going to be multi-part, probably. Blue's going to be so huge. So I'm showing Alexis a picture of Marie Antoinette. Yes. Uh, very pretty. Very pretty. Of course. The she. I don't so think... That's her job. She has a... I was going to say photo. A painting where she's wearing puce, but uh-huh. this is close-ish. Which one? Uh, the... <laughs> Which color? <laughs> Which color? It's the dark uh, brown, red, purple uh, okay. color. It's like, like maroony. It's her, her dress. burgundy Um... Yeah. Puce. That is very different than the, the orange or like the yellow green that I think it's of. So, orange green. It's so different, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, puce is traditionally a much darker color, but when you look it up, you just Google it. Mm-hmm. You're going to see anything from that mahogany red purple with just a touch of gray pink in it to a muted like rose. Mm. Uh, just it's so. Anyway, I hate that when I Google different. a color and it's like. I Google, like, I think this is teal, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Right. And then I'll get, like, a huge range of, like, shades, and I'm like, just tell me what is the right one. <laughs> but which one's correct? <laughs> but which one is teal? Uh, and I, with puce, at least, I think they're in the spirit of the thing, all of them are more correct than they would be otherwise, which I'll get into. Okay. Uh, but the heart of puce is the shade of dried blood on linen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only thing Gross. it isn't is green. Yeah, right. Uh, times being what they are, I've been thinking a lot about the French Revolution, and puce mm-hmm. is French through and through. I mean, you mentioned that was what you wanted to talk about, and I was and that it was French related, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, yeah, just listen to the sound of the word. No, <laughs> it's why puce. English speakers hate it so much. It's so French it's sounding. Puce. Yeah. Uh. But do you know what puce means in French? I don't. Uh, so. <gasps> Shocker. <laughs> summer of. I don't know most of the French words. <laughs> 1775. Uh, a French dressmaker, Rose Bertin, made oh. Marie Antoinette a brand new dress. Brand new. I brand mean, new. Better for the queen. Um, Spanking new. It's a, it's a mix between brown and maroon. And according to uh, the biographer for the dressmaker, uh, Marie Antoinette's husband, Louis the something something. Yep. Who cares? 16, I think. Yeah. Uh, strode into the room where she was, you know, wearing her new threads. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that is the color of fleas. Oh. He's so romantic. He's so romantic like that. So useless. Uh, and that's uh, un puce. He, he better have been gay or asexual because <laughs> he's so clueless. he just come on, dude. He's just not there. He's just like 
Marie Antoinette's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, eh. And I'm just like, come on. (laughs) You better have a reason. Come on. That you're not just like annoying. (laughs) And uh, your new dress looks like fleas. Bye. I'm going to go play with locks. Oh, fleas. How interesting. Goodbye. Literally, his hobby is locks. Yeah. It's not. What kind of man? Ugh. So to set the scene a bit. We've fallen so far from the Sun King <laughs> so to this. <laughs> the Sun King ruined you. <laughs> he trained all the thought out of your brain. Ugh. Now the nobility is useless. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, to set, set the stage across the sea, America's like, we should write a really stern letter to our parents. <laughs> but in France. To the British. Yeah, to the British. Uh, Marie Antoinette has been queen for a year. She's 20 years old. <sighs> Uh, she's such a baby. She's 20 such a, years old. She's 20. Woof. Uh, and earlier that same year, she got the dress in the, the summer. Sure. Sometime. Earlier that year, April and May, a wave of famine, protests, and riots had erupted, mm-hmm. as is going to be usual uh, for yeah. France in the coming years. Fun. Uh, over the government not doing its job and the price of grain and general profiteering, known as the Flower War. Dramatic. Yeah. We're not Grain even Grain flour. We're not even at the revolution yet. And people no. are already like the price of bread is too high. Yeah. We're not I mean, we're not even there yet. You don't rebel that hard <laughs> that unless you've yeah. been bothering them for a while. Mm-hmm. That's not a sudden situation. The the government enacted fewer price controls uh than later in the year, leaving it up to a free market, and so people are like Boost, boost it up. Laissez-faire, my dudes. Boost it up, laissez-faire. Let it be, and we'll just see. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't get better. <laughs> no? It does not get better. It leads to the French Revolution, so it, it clearly doesn't get better. <laughs> the The Women's March on Versailles, one of the uh, most significant events mm-hmm. in the French Revolution, is also sparked over the price of high bread. Yep. Uh, and that's in 1789. We're in 1775. Mm-hmm. They do not fix it. No. It's terrible. For at least a decade. There's already riots with body counts in the hundreds <laughs> over bread. Yeah. Uh, and the queen has bought a new dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, of a new color. Of a, a Never brand, before seen. A brand new color. And do you know what the court is thinking about in the coming days? Not, uh, oh, there was a riot and our country is uh, melting. Yeah. It's... We should all wear pews. Except for the king, who's like, it looks like fleas. Fleas. Also, why does he know the color of fleas so well? You're king. <laughs> I, I think everyone just kind of does. Yeah, I, I guess. Time, At the time? Times being what they are. I've never seen a flea one time, which I understand is like a, yeah. a future thing. <laughs> That's a future thing. But also, you're the king. I don't feel like you should know what fleas look like. Everyone uh, everyone gets a little flea. Every now and then. The, every, now, every now and then you fall a flea. <laughs> and I need you now tonight. Yep. I need you more than, than ever. I need you more than ever to get out of my house, please. Uh, so people have a special dislike for Marie Antoinette. Yeah. And uh, it, she has insane gambling habits. Right. Uh, is is as, the, the rumors yeah. go. But, uh, you know, as the royals do. As the royals do, but she's foreign born. Yep. And she's a lady. Austrian. Aus- yeah, Austrian. Yeah. Her mother is uh, Empress Mary Theresa. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she has closets stuffed full of brand new silk glossy taffeta puce dresses and she doesn't care that we're starving and we need to watch uh the curse and dunce we do movie. it's so good it's so good like even though we both already seen it it's like but it's so good hell that, yeah that should be one of our um like talk along yeah 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 for things. sure and, and we yeah. can see if there's puce. <laughs> there's a puce. <laughs> so I had a really hard time figuring out if Louis saying it's puce was a good thing or a bad thing. It feels like a bad thing. So puce means flea? It means flea. Okay. Uh, which you'll know immediately if you Google it. That makes it. sense. Yep. <laughs> it's the... the That's color, why it's so gross sounding. The color de puce. <laughs> it's like it's a flea color. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. Thanks. Um, specifically, it's the color after um, of either flea droppings or right. when you uh, kill a flea and its blood is it's um, like smashed. It's smashed. Because yeah. fleas by themselves are just black. I was gonna say I don't feel like they're red brown collared, but also like I said, I've never seen one in real life. Right. Uh, some sources suggest it's in the negative. That of course he would see this and being like, it's it was like dead bugs. It's uh oh, it's like blood. It's yeah, flea blood. Cute, right? Uh, like he could have just called it. Oh, it's like um brown, red. It's red. It's dark rose. He could have yeah. said nothing, right? At all. He'd uh, never do that. He would never say nothing. Some people gave him quite a bit of political insight. And suggested that he was concerned that his wife is once again spending a lot on new dresses. Sure. Um, so he's, like, insulting it to, like, he's make like, her not do that? Really? Another one and it's fleas? Mm. And it's this disgusting color? Uh, but possibly, okay. by calling it the color of flea, Louis was referencing a larger cultural background in French language and literature that uh, the flea is very sexual. Mm. <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> doubt it. Uh, I don't doubt that the flea is sexual. I doubt that he's saying anything sexual to her. That's true. At all. Mm-hmm. Ever. Uh, that's a big problem for them. <laughs> but I, I this set me on a dive. I'm like, is it? I mean, I mean, is like, it sexual. It like, let me, let me. Fleas like, do they? Uh, I can't remember. They're not like ticks that drink your blood. Do fleas drink your blood? They do. Okay, well then, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Then I see it. I get they, it. They latch onto your skin and they engorge with blood. It's not very subtle. Yeah. It's not very subtle. Makes and sense. The French are exceedingly unsubtle in their language. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, bef- well before 1775, this is where Puce goes into the deep dive. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just had to say, I learned to talk about French stuff. Mm-hmm. So, in French, escalier is stairs. Yeah. And I just love that, like, in English, once we got moving stairs, they were, like, French stairs. <laughs> and that the French, then, what are they supposed to call escalators? So they were just, like, mechanical stairs. And I'm like, sure. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Escalier mécanique. <laughs> but I just love it. We're like, the stairs move, French stairs. French stairs. <laughs> it's usually, when something is Frenchified in English, it means it's, like, the fancy, f- the fancy version. Yeah. Escalator, escalator. (laughs) Also, um, all I can think about is there's this famous moment from Project Runway Mm -hmm. where this 
woman says that she's like making her, you know, I don't remember her name, but she's making a dress and she says it's like this blood orange color <laughs> and she just keeps talking about how it's what a beautiful color, blood the, orange. The famous moment. And then um, one of the guys in competition says blood orange. It's effing red. <laughs> it's effing red. And that's all I can think about for puce <laughs> of somebody being like green puce being like it's effing red. <laughs> it's effing red. It's dark brown red. It's Purple, brown, red. Well before 1775, there's already a conceptual link Mm -hmm. between fleas and wanting to bang. Sure. Uh, So nowadays, if you live in a city like we were talking about, like, you probably never see fleas. Right. Fleas are something that dogs and, like, outdoorsy people and, like, Mm -hmm. people get in comics when it needs to be emphasized that they're dirty. Yeah. Right. Like a... What's his face in the Peanuts comics? Yes. Oh, he's like a dirty, weird child. He's got like a dust cloud floating around him. (laughs) Right, of like little fleas bouncing around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But back in the day, just kind of everyone got a little bit of flea. They weren't as like clean and also like um, contained, I guess. Contained, yeah. There's holes everywhere that things can just sneak into. (laughs) Things get in. It's like now if you have rats, it's like a problem. Right. Whereas then if you have rats, it's like annoying. Mm -hmm. But like they're going to be there. (laughs) No, the rats are there. That's just like, okay. Uh, Buy a cat. (laughs) It's like, and like people don't know about disease or disease transmission. Right. That specifically a lot of it comes from rats and fleas. (laughs) And fleas. People don't actually care. It's just more like a pesky thing. And fleas on rats? Enter Madeleine and Catherine de Roche. I think I'm saying that right. R-O-C-H-E-S. Yeah. Yeah. Roche. Roche. Mm -hmm. So still in France. They are (laughs) very, obviously... I don't know. Maybe they're expatriates or something. Sure. Maybe they move. They're to, French, though. To like Turkey or something. <laughs> Unlikely. Among the best known and prolific French women writers in the early modern era. Nice. Uh, Madeleine and Catherine, they um, born in like the 1500s. Uh, they were celebrated literary figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were members of an elite literary circle. Nice. That would inspire salon culture into the coming centuries. I was just going to say salon. So they are the like salon pioneers. Have our annoying intellectual party mm-hmm. where we discuss art. Uh, and they <laughs> would address issues of the day like, you know. Women's rights and religious wars. Wouldn't it be fun if we could do stuff? Wouldn't it be great if men weren't such pigs? And they're like, oh, if, if only more women were like you, smart. No. You're like, cool. Great. Thanks. How, like, weak the monarchy is. <laughs> yeah. What if we educated women? Violence against women, status of women intellectuals, women. I mean, at this point, you know, uh, this is pre-Napoleon, so, like, schooling isn't even required for boys, let alone for girls. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I mean, you know, wouldn't it be cool if just people were educated <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we were smarter? <laughs> then we wouldn't have to die so young. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, thanks, I w- Napoleon. I want to say Catherine never married. She was like, nah, my brain's enough, thanks. They're like... They're those Valid. They're those ladies. Valid. So naturally, one of the things they're well known for is a published collection of, it's like the Renaissance version of poetry slam improv zine. Cool. uh, Inspired by a flea on Catherine's boobies. Ah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it's a probably it's a bit like a pamphlet. They love the word pamphlet at the <laughs> they, time. They do like pamphlet. Like, it is, oh, I wrote a pamphlet. They they collect a bunch of poems and they publish it. So it's probably more like a book. Sure, but I don't know. Like there's like fifty poems. But very sexy. In it. Yeah, she's getting her booby. Her boobies getting <laughs> bit. Sure. Uh, so September 1579. Mm-hmm. Way back. A coalition of lawyers and judges from Paris traveled to Poitiers. Might have to see it. Poitiers. I'm going to say Poitiers. Okay. For a special court session to uh, help ease local courts that are being overrun because of uh, religious wars. Sure. Et cetera. And they're like, pretty bad at the time. Those poor little lawyers out in the the boondocks need help. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come from Paris and help. Were the fancy city lawyers? Yeah, uh, one one of the lawyers, he's called a humanist lawyer. But I don't care. Boo. I don't care. Humanism is boring. Uh, Estienne Pasquier promptly paid a visit to Madeleine and Catherine. Cute. He's like, I've I've read your works. I know you're published in Paris last year. Very mm-hmm. fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes, and on their first meeting, he notices there's a little flea on her bosom. Ah. Uh. Uh, and uh, everyone is all a Twitter sure. about it. To pluck or not to pluck mm. is the question among the men folk. Uh, but he describes in a letter to a friend um, that that he he suggests to her we should have a like a little poetry contest. Mm. Uh, like I'll write a poem, you write a poem, celebrating that lucky little flea on your boobies. Men are so creepy. They're so. It doesn't get less creepy as it goes that on. That lucky flea, that bug that gets to touch your boob. It gets to touch your boobie. Okay. Um, and she says, Just yes. Just so you know, <laughs> men who are interested in women, we don't like that, <laughs> we don't generally. Like, we don't like that. I don't want to speak for everybody, but uh, being like, oh, I wish I could touch your boob, it's generally not the thing we like unless there's like an established relationship already yeah you um you better be bringing something to if the that's table. been allowed previously mm-hmm. or has been specifically requested <laughs> yeah sure especially when like you know this woman because she's smart yeah because you like read her because you're a fan mm-hmm. that's creepy that's creepy please don't send us any emails that's creepy don't don't send us the reason emails. you don't see us don't send no, us kidding. emails so, aside uh, about language before we get into the details of some of this poetry, because I have some excerpts. Mm-hmm. You know, it might read better in um, French, early modern French. Sure, I, I doubt it. You know, I'm sure it sounds better just because it's French, French is very rhymy. Because <laughs> it's French. It's like when you hear songs in Spanish. It's like everything in Spanish rhymes. Yeah. It's the same. Everything in French rhymes. Chorus on this. Chorus on that. It's Every, easy. It's easy. Barry Sanders, in a 2009 article on Puce uh, for <laughs> Cabinet <laughs> Magazine, uh, points out that fleas have a strong carnal side just in the language of Sure. French. And they, like, engorge and stuff. Yeah, including the words for maiden, maidenhead, and the verb mm. to flower. There you go. And the word, I think it's pucelle. Sure. Uh, is maiden, but also in certain situations can mean, like, slut. Ah. Interesting. It's in the language. They eroticize the, they've been eroticizing them forever. There's a phrase to have a flea in one's ear, which is sort of like... Is that a banana in your pocket? 
Really? Kind of. It's like uh, <laughs> to have a flea in your ears, like you have like a sexual dirty intention. You have a sexual itch. Gotcha. Um, Never heard this, but sure. Like there, there's a there's an insect metaphor for a penis in your ear. I feel like if you said that now, somebody'd be like. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> like they'd look in your ear for a flea. Oh, is it, is it itch? And they'd also be like, "Where did you get a flea?" So if we if we extrapolate <laughs> uh, meaning, uh, we can kind of take a step to see popping the flea can also be popping the cherry. Sure. Uh, and so none of those gentlemen would dare kill the flea. No. Because uh, you're not worthy. Uh, so what? he did is he proposes the poem and they do the poem. Catherine agrees to quote the University of Virginia Library. They did a little write-up on it. Oh, yeah. She, quote, surprised him with the speed and quality of her response. After he told her he's impressed with her work, he's he, like, wait, you're like good really fast? She whooped his actual ass. Amazing. I love her. Um, his poem is just so tiring. <laughs> Nothing, nothing changes, listeners. We it's know this. It's just like, nothing, hey, sexy time. I'm no, nothing really changes. Here's the first uh, bit of his poem. If God permitted me, I'd myself become a flea. I'd take flight immediately to the best spot on your neck, or else in sweet larceny I would suck upon your breast, or else slowly, step by step, I would still farther down, and with a wanton muzzle, I'd commit flea idolatry, nipping I will not say what. <laughs> Which I love far more than myself. Uh-huh. I hate it. Like, you. This is just every guy you talk to on dating apps. It's, don't quit your day job, Being Esquire. like, what if I kissed you behind your ear? It's like, <laughs> ew. It's, it's not good. I would say, get off me. It's not good. So there, there are two poems launched a whole slew of people who wanted to get in on the fun. Fifty of them are published three years later uh-huh. as La Puce de Madame de Roche. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of wordplay and anagrams and other stupid poetry stuff. Sure. Uh, the, the men folk poetry tends to be very thematically similar to STN's. Yeah. Poem. Shocking. They a lot of focus on the female form and body mm-hmm. parts and the flea exploring around Catherine's body and mm-hmm. how very uncomfortable and like, ooh, sexy flea. Yeah. Puce. Great. Uh, they're like this close to inventing like a weird early modern niche hentai where um, the, you know, the guy gets shrunk down. Yeah, right. And, and the lady can just like pluck him up and... Use them as throw them away, uh, like a replacement chess piece. I don't. Yeah, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what they do. I don't watch those ones. I don't watch. <laughs> I of course would never watch those ones. No. Uh, but the book opens no <laughs> with uh, Catherine's poem, which is so much better than all of them. Sure. She she deflects all the praise to her her objectified body. Yeah. Which uh, I mean, to the point of like. She's being reduced to body parts in some of these. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, but in her poem, she... Uh, invent- Haley, women hot. Who care? Moves. Women pretty. Pretty. Doesn't matter smart. Women pretty. I want to latch on and suck her blood. One of the ladies in my D&D group is like listening to our episodes mm-hmm. um, through right now. And she started at the beginning. and Bless. She, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and she mentioned... Um, that, you know, she listened to, like, 
Sheila episode because that's like pretty early. Oh, Sheila. And then I know. And uh, she was like, why are they commenting about how she looks? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize we did that that early. Yeah, that's going to be a theme. <laughs> that's going to be a theme. We, just, ooh, we talk about that a lot. Life. Because uh, it, it keeps happening. Yep. Because they it, won't stop doing it. It just keeps happening. Which is why I told you in the last, like, or in my, sorry, this is in the future. We record out of order sometimes. Mm-hmm. In our next episode, I'll tell you what yeah. Lennon's corpse is wearing. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what matters. Uh, what is he wearing, though? It is the most objectified you can make a man is to put his cold corpse in a box. That's true. Forever and just poke at him. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. But let me tell you about Catherine's poem. Yes. Because it's delightful. Please. She invents a uh, mythological story. Okay. The flea uh, in her poem is uh, a nymph who is trying to escape unwanted advances from the god Uh Pan, Ah. who is a horny uh, son of a bee. Yep. Uh, And the virgin goddess of the hunt, Diana, or Artemis, transforms the nymph into a flea so it can get away. Great. And it now continues to flee Pan's insistent pursuits. Uh, it's the poem equivalent of looking over her glasses at the other poems mm-hmm. and being like, I'm better than you. Yeah. I see what you're doing and I'm better than you. I'm here with like intelligent thought and like cultural <laughs> cultural you know, allu- illusion and myth. And also saying, stop being gross. And you're gross and uh, you're not getting any of this. Yeah. Uh it it has a bad ending. Mm-hmm. Their story, uh, they they couldn't have um, known it, of course. But the flea was again involved, mother and daughter. Uh, Fifteen eighty seven, the plague comes to town. Yeah, yeah. And both mother and daughter, both mother and daughter become ill, and they both um, die on the same day. Upsetting. It's, it's very sad. Um. United in death as in life. And mm-hmm. also, sadly, uh, her poetry, at least in that collection, was all but forgotten within like a decade or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Pasquier claimed it all for himself and took her name off of the poetry collection. And it's like, I did it. Why? Our men. <laughs> why? Why do they do this? <laughs> Why do they do this? You know, I liked your poetry so much. Uh, it's mine, actually. Uh, I liked it <laughs> so much that it's just mine. I did it. No, I did this. This is mine. Don't trace. Don't copy. Don't look at it. It's mine. <laughs> don't trace. <when> you stole <laughs> it. <laughs> no tracing. It's my OC, my my personal character that mm-hmm. I made. Mm-hmm. This is my myth I made? Yeah, as if you could be not horny for two seconds. Yeah. You. And it's like anyone who read that compared to all of the other ones would be like, clearly a woman wrote this. This one's different. <laughs> this one feels It's different. like specifically paying homage to a virgin <laughs> goddess who murders men who Just are mean to women. Trying to get rid of uh. <laughs> the god of like giant dick like nastiness. <laughs> yep. Party time. Mm-hmm. The the Chad of gods. <laughs> If you will, oh god, to bring the classics and the Reddit and the 4chan <laughs> to use an insult term, <laughs> to use an insult term. Yike. Uh, so a different, an English poet, a little bit later, published in 1633, uh, John Don in the Flea. <laughs> no, yes, <laughs> very English. John Don. John Don. Ugh. <laughs> 
Um, D-A-W-N? Uh, D-O-N-N-E. Boo. It could be Donnie, but I hate that. I like it just because then it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. John Dunn. Don. Uh, also, he is very unsubtle in his use of fleas as a metaphor for banging. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a flea-themed baby. It's cold outside. Oh. The first stanza goes, it sucked me first and now sucks thee. You know, that's like the first line. That's all I need to do. You kind of get yep. it. You get it. Done. Uh, and it's just the first stanza. It just goes on. But I do like the ending. The ending's very good because the... The mistress, the subject of his desire, mm-hmm. kills him. Kills him. <laughs> Does she? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, because he's a flea. Yes. So she's silent uh, for all of this, like, this onslaught of, like, lust and just uh-huh. horniness. Uh, she's silent until the last stanza where she flips the table over. She's tired of it. Yeah. Um. All these, like, pathetic, overblown, horny male reasonings. And she kills the flea with her own hands. She's like, squish. Get out of here. Also, sorry, this is very anti-men right now. Sorry, it just, Ah, you know. Puce. I'm like, is there a better (laughs) metaphor for these creepy men than them being a tiny, irritating bug that latches onto you with no consent that you just then smash with your own hands? It is... It's the consent thing. If the flea had asked, mm-hmm. been like, ma'am, I'm starving. Can I? But, like, it's just, it's just annoying. It and just, it's gross. It's a flea. And it's weird. And it will, you just want it to leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to kind of hammer home that this is what you shouldn't be, men, mm-hmm. uh, unsurprisingly, the speaker in the poem goes on to uh, waggle his finger at the girl because she should have yielded to him, etc. Yep. She's like, nah, squish. Get out of here. Uh, but, like, she didn't. I love that this poem ends in her just, like, destroying him. Yeah. Preach. Oh, love that. Snap <laughs> of her fingers is enough and just pop that man. Get out of here. He's dead. Go. I will kill that flea myself, and I will remain whole and intact in exactly how I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I love that for Puce. It's like uh, <laughs> I love that for Puce. You know, for Puce, I just it has this overtone of uh, <laughs> power to it now. Sure, that I really appreciate because uh, it's always there. It's a pest, um, and then the women could just be like, "Get out of here." I am positive that I have a lip color that is Puce. I yeah, I bet, and then. One, they would never name it that because it sounds never. disgusting. It is disgusting to English but ears. But two, now I want to wear it when someone asks me what color it is. Be like, it's puce. <laughs> See, this is what happens. You're like, ew, puce. And you're like, puce is kind of a baller. I love it. <laughs> I just want to do it to watch people react confused. <laughs> it's puce. Puce. And just kind of like pucker your lips when you say puce. 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 There, just a few years after uh, John Don's poem, a Renaissance paper, paper, Renaissance painter, mm-hmm. uh, Georges de la Tour, made a uh, similar kind of like empowered lady statement mm-hmm. in his painting. Nice. Uh, la Femme à la Puce from 1640. It's sometimes called the flea catcher. Mm. And in it, you can barely see the flea in the painting. Like you need a, like a magnifying glass. Nice. It's barely there. It's just a woman by herself putting an end to this flea-sized annoyance. She's like, get out of here. Uh, 
And this is the side of Puce that I'm obsessed with. The painting is even kind of uh, Puce. Oh, yeah. The chair is pretty red. Mm-hmm. Kind of like brown, red all over. She's just like, just get rid of it. Go away, dude. Extreme. I'm, I'm done with this. Love it. Which is all to say, I don't know if the king of France was <laughs> <laughs> uh, saying a nice thing to Marie Antoinette or not. Doubt it. Doubt it, because I don't think he's, like, there enough to do it. No. But there is a history of, there's a a wealth of history behind calling something flea-colored. Sure. Um, For it to be sexy. It could be sexy. Regardless of all that, (laughs) the biggest tangent that I could ever think of. By the next day, that color had become the it color in court. Everyone is wearing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haute couture color. It is. Uh, the French court at that time is has this air of, like, desperate toy dogs that just have nothing to do. Yep. They're, they're overbred. They don't have a purpose. They're just desperate for scraps. And, I mean, at this point, they are so detached mm-hmm. from reality. The wealth gap is, like— and the power and wealth gap. Insane. So much. That it's like, what do, you know, at some point it's like, what do they even have to do? Yeah. You know, you get to a certain point of wealth where you have to create things to do for yourself. Right. So, like, anything will be interesting just because it's different. That's the <laughs> thing I could talk about, you know, for a few days. Right. Like, I, I could volley for power in court by wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Queen might like me more, maybe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's not just women, like, getting their dresses in this color. Men are doing it, too. Sure. Everyone doing it. Uh, And just, like, people are actually dying. (laughs) Right. Uh, People are dying in your country, and you're all just concerned about it. they're like, look, I got these puce pants. Ah, this (laughs) this color. Ah. So this is, like, in letters people are writing to each other. The next day, every lady at court wore a puce-colored gown, uh, old puce, young puce, Flea's belly, flea's back, uh, because people would take, not only get new articles of clothing, but they would get their old clothing out to get dyed. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, and they didn't Smart. always replicate it perfectly, so they would right. be like, oh, it's the flea's belly. Oh. It's the flea's back. It's the flea's I thigh. See. Which, you're just poor. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a poor rich. It's All I want to know is, like, <laughs> I can only picture right now, like, Lafayette, yeah, <laughs> being like a little, a little. He's he's not probably too old. He's um, he's pretty young during the revolution. Yeah, 17, American Revolution, seventeen seventy five. You know he's probably busy. Luckily, he didn't. He doesn't see this. Not no, not yet. Not yet. He will. He's he's no, but he's probably there because he's like he's in French mm, court when he's really young true. before he goes. Yeah, but I just imagine him as like a, like a fifteen year old boy. Come into court again, yeah. and then all of the women are wearing like wigs. Mm-hmm. They're all wearing that same style of makeup, and now they're all wearing the same color. And he's like, "I don't know anybody is." <laughs> cool. Face blindness, the um, worst. The worst face. Blindness. How can I possibly know these people uh, are just women? Uh, what? <laughs> in uh, the history of fashion in France, uh, mm-hmm. they describe that the new color didn't soil easily. It kind of hides stains. Of course. So it's utilitarian. Sure. Uh, That's why people wear black. Right. And it's less expensive to make than lighter tints, which are, you know, delicate and kind of difficult to do. But you can't wear black because it's the death color. Uh, But the fashion of puce gowns was even adopted by uh, the bougie, the bourgeoisie. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Which is weird because that's not what bougie means now. No, it's not what that means. It flipped. 
flipped. Bourgeoisie or the poor. Yeah. But it changes later. It changes later. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Sometimes words become to mean exactly the opposite of what they meant earlier, and you just have to try to figure it out. Uh, (laughs) According to a collection of anonymous letters, uh, exhausting. They're called Secret Memoirs Serving as a History of the Republic of Letters in France from 1762 until our days. Couldn't even pay attention for that sentence. Yeah, I hate it. I could try to say it in French, but it's not better. Uh, No. Uh, Just months after... The Puce outbreak. Uh, Louis, again, having learned nothing, <laughs> yep. walked in and saw Classic. his wife in a, in a gray dress. And he's like, oh, it's the color of your hair. And then Queen's hair became the new color that everyone was obsessed with. It's effing gray. <laughs> it's, it's effing gray. No it's, no, it's Queen's hair. Queen's hair. And from that moment on, Puce is out. Queen's hair's in. Great. I, I do like gray. I am wearing all gray right now. Gray is fu- Yeah. So. It's, it's, I love that. I don't know if I told you this, but I realized just how much gray clothing I have, mm-hmm. which I feel like a lot of people have like a, a color they mainly wear, mostly yeah. black, right, is like kind of the, you know, like go-to. Uh, I have a lot of gray clothing now. I like gray. I like it too, Grace but for a nice. while I was like, does this mean I'm just like really boring? That every time I see something gray, I'm like, that's pretty. Pretty. <laughs> pretty. But I'm like, I just think I look nice in gray. Just, and uh, it's nice. You just like gray. Deal with it. Just like gray. But then when people are like, what colors do you like Like to wear? I'm like, I don't know, gray. Gray. <laughs> and it just makes you sound like sad. I like gray. And I'm like, guess what? It's queen's hair. <laughs> it's it's queen. And they loved it. Dove gray queen's hair. In, the French court of and Marie Antoinette. They loved it for, um, you know, the the thing happened. For, like, whatever. Uh, so this is a, another reason why I think Puce has so many shades. I mean, among all the other reasons why colors have so many different shades when you try to look them up, is that, like, all the dyeing is yeah, different. Yeah, right. Um, the march of time means... Uh, no one has personal interaction with fleas anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the only way to authentically experience puce in real life is to kill an animal. Yep. Which is... Uh, that you'd have to find. That you'd have... You'd, you know, and should be challenging. Risk now. Lyme disease to, <laughs> to experience Which puce you don't want. To find that reddish stain. But I, I love that as, like, the final... The punchline of puce, that it's like a revenge color. Yeah. Like you're like, hell nah, squish. Later. Um, you know, it's the color of squishing unwanted sexual advances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also the color from, you know, hauling the blood-sucking nobility out into the light and cutting their heads off. Yeah. It's a very ironic sort of color. Right. Uh, and I'm going to end with yet another painting. Okay. Which is not traditionally linked with puce, mm-hmm. but I think it should be. Sure. Uh, the flea already had a reputation for dirtiness and degradation mm-hmm. um, into the 19th century. Okay. Uh, so, like, into the Industrial Revolution, people were like, maybe we shouldn't be covered in fleas. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if we weren't covered in fleas? Uh, and I, I suspect it's my... I, someone should do a study on this. Should be your like grad school dissertation. Mm. Uh, then any lingering cultural enthusiasm for the flea as a sexual thing uh, died instantly 
uh, in around 1898 when Jean-Paul Simon discovered the rodent flea transmission cycle of the plague bacteria. Right. Uh, but just prior to that, around 1819-1820, William Blake put to paper two to three sketchbooks full of visions that he had during seances. Oh, uh, which is so nineteenth. It's so nineteenth century of him. Yes, my sir. Yeah, especially like late nineteenth century. They're just obsessed. He's yeah. He's an early adopter. <laughs> uh, but one of these was this monstrous part vampire, part human, part reptile, <laughs> of course, demon, uh, which is titled the Ghost of the Flea. Mm. Uh, and in this vision, he the spirit tells Blake that fleas uh, are inhabited by the souls of the bloodthirsty. Sure. Uh, and he later says that the flea testified to God uh, during creation or that um, uh, that God during creation doomed it to being tiny mm-hmm. because uh, it, it they were afraid of its sheer destructive power. <laughs> Okay. They feared it would be a too mighty destroyer. And honey, isn't that the vibe I want going into 2021? <laughs> honey. But at the same time, like, you know, tigers exist. You know, there's slight tigers. Uh, real creepy. Yeah, it's real creepy. Gross. It's uh, kind of <laughs> hilariously tiny. It's like eight by six. It's like, oh, it's so small. Teeny picture. Um, I think it's uh, like at the, I forget which museum it's at it's in london i think sure but its frame is bigger than it is <laughs> just yeah. so you don't miss it like hey hey look. hey hey it's here look at it hey it's here right it's like mona lisa and her like tiny and then she's in like that box that so she's so far away right just and it's like can you see it the center of the entire room i didn't i didn't even go I did. I didn't get close to it. I'm just like, yeah, it's there. Yeah, there are too many people, and I was just like, what's the point? And it's hard because we did. We had like a little tour guide for like a class trip. Yeah, uh, and she showed us all of these magnificent paintings right. and sculptures on the way, like paintings that were so big they took up like a whole wall. Yep, and they were so impressive. And then Beautiful. like, and then the Mona Lisa. You kind of got the impression that they were over it too, she's which over I love. Here. Which I love because by that time I'm like, yeah, I'm over it too. She's only uh, famous because she's stolen. She got stolen, snatched, snatched. Well, thank you for teaching me about puce, which is <laughs> effing red. It's it's <laughs> effing red, and. Uh, it's so weird because, I don't know, there's something about French culture at the time that it feels weird that it's, like, the popular colors are, like, rust brown and then gray. Right? <laughs> like, you just expect them to be more deep and vibrant or just, like, Puce is vibrant. interesting. I, I don't know. I think vi- uh, puce rocks and it looks spectacular on uh, cool skin tones. I, like, I don't think it looks bad. It's just... I don't know. I expect more royal colors, I guess. It feels less royal because it looks more industrial to me. Part of it is um, the technology of dyes isn't all the way there. Like, yeah. it's very difficult to make a really vibrant, deep emerald. Right. It's almost impossible. Until, like, uh, I mean, actually, I think 1775, that year, is when scientists are like, I just discovered a green dye. Wait, we can do it. Which I'm actually going to do for my next color. There you go. We'll talk about that next time. (laughs) But uh, it isn't something you'd want to be putting on a queen. Which is hilarious because, you know, I had to dye those pants of mine or, like, those (laughs) leggings for, like, a cosplay thing I did Mm -hmm. when I went to a con. And I just put them in a bucket 
and then spun it around, right? And uh, it worked really good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't hard at all. But those had to be invented. Yeah. Because we're in the future. It's a long time. Yeah. By future, I mean present. <laughs> That's why it's a gift. <laughs> you. <Present. laughs> I hate that so much. Anyway, I hope you have a deeper appreciation for pews. Yes. I mean, I had I knew nothing about it at all, except for that I knew I was wrong about what color it was, but I didn't <laughs> care enough to correct myself. Yeah, now, so. now you know what to say if someone's like, it's green. Well, Waggle your little finger. No. Waggle. It's smashed flea colored. No, it's the color of dried blood on (laughs) linen from a flea. That sucked your blood and now you murdered it. And I murdered it. (laughs) Murder. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, You can email us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. What other colors do you want to hear about? Tell us. What other colors? Do you have a color? Do you like? Just like color. Do you care about? I'm going to do... Important to you? Green next time. Not like next, next time, because we're going to do some Black History Month stuff. Yeah. Late, Uh, because February is Black History Month, but we were already doing the boy. I had to finish the boy. Had to finish up the boy. Every every month it should be Black History Month. It's true. Uh, And also, I... I have episodes coming about black historical figure because I was trying to do them earlier and then we my computer exploded. So I only did one. So we have to re-record one and uh, then I forgot we had to re-record. Yes. But we'll do our best and then uh there'll be new stuff. New stuff. Yes. On Hell that yeah. person. Hell yeah. So it'll be coming. Yeah, we're sorry we missed. It's it's so hard with our podcast to like plan around events like holidays and things, yeah. you know. Also I like I don't even I barely know what day it is. Yeah, especially right now. Is so it, is it last November? <laughs> is it May? I don't know what time. I've been posting on our Facebook page which you can follow us on Facebook, um a few different events this month that are important to Black History Month. Um and yeah. So, like, when we're not doing that content here, like, we're aware, obviously, and uh, we appreciate it. I know there's been a lot of interest this year specifically in, like, how Black History Month started happening and, like, who made that happen, like, the historian that got that going. Um, so maybe we'll talk about him. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yes, there will be some to come. We're sorry. We could not provide some to come within the time. Um, February is short. It's hard. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, but you, you can send us an email at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com about whatever you want, mostly. Yeah. You know, keep it cool. <laughs> but we trust you. Uh, you can leave us a review on Stitcher or iTunes. We'd super appreciate that. It takes, like, an iTunes account, so it's annoying. But if you do that, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. And we also want to say thank you to our patrons of Patreon. You are so nice and supportive. And you're getting us slowly to, uh, like... Neutral. I don't know what the right term is. What's um, neutral buoyancy? Like yeah. like net zero cost. Yeah. Like slowly over time, paying us back for equipment and things. Mm-hmm. So then eventually we can start investing into fun things to do that we would not be able to do otherwise. So thank you. Fun things for you. Anyway, bye. Anyway, bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. If you pronounce the R's, they look at you like you're an idiot. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir.